0: Welcome to Otaku Brothers, your friendly neighborhood gaming podcast featuring Rusty and Ryan.
1: Hello everyone and welcome to episode 123 of Otaku Brothers. My name is Rusty and as always I am joined by my forever co-host and brother-in-law, Ryan, how you feeling today? Doing great,
0: man. Yeah, very caffeinated. Uh, we're back in Ohio. Um, I'm not used to that yet. I was my sleep schedule still off, transitioning from being in this state is two hours ahead of Colorado, and then I'm obviously have to wake up early for work, which we didn't have to do when we were there. So
1: mm-hmm. struggling,
0: but living the good life.
1: That's good to hear. Yeah. But yes, yeah, so. Ryan and I, if you are either new here or you haven't caught up on recent episodes of the podcast, we went out to Colorado for a bro trip. We flew into Denver. We drove two hours west to Avon, Colorado, which is kind of a little hole in the wall town. Not so much, but very tourist friendly, great uh, just community of people had a ton of fun, which Ryan and I will be detailing all of the fun adventures, stories and antics that we got into while we were there later in this show but i too am struggling to get back and adjust to the mountain time from out there because we would you know stay up super late as we'll get into and coming back and getting up early for work has been a challenge but uh i'm getting adjusted uh slowly but surely Good. i would say
0: yeah are you are you peeling oh yeah cuz i am just like fucking turning into a snake just yeah. losing shedding all my skin
1: yeah we definitely we got some serious sun on the hikes and the bike rides and stuff but Uh, It was a good time, well worth the trip for sure, but I'm definitely happy to be home uh, with my wife, Lauren, and our dog, Scooby, for sure. But today should be a pretty fun, relaxed, chill episode, so hopefully it finds all of you well, whether you're on a commute to work, you're on a trip yourself, or maybe you're just sitting down to play some good video games with a nice beverage and uh, we can accompany you for the next hour and a half or so. We're going to kick things off talking about our weeks as we typically do. And then we'll transition to the main topic of the show, talking about our Colorado adventures. A lot of fun things to share. Ryan and I did um, a lot of interesting things out there and we met a lot of cool people. So that will be fun. And then we always, as we always do, on the Otaku Brothers podcast, we talk about the games that we've been playing. Maybe the movies that we've been watching. It should be a really chill and fun time and then make sure people you know I don't know who listens to the entirety of the episodes beginning to end but you do want to stay for the very end because Ryan is always bringing a fun fact we remind people almost every episode that this is an educational program and then I gotta fade out the show with some good tunes so buckle up relax chill and we are here to just talk about some interesting things but Ryan how has the week coming back from Colorado been for you
0: it's just been a, str- I've had to work adjusted hours this week just because I think Monday I g- I tried to get up at eight and it j- I just wasn't successful. Luckily, I mean, it's work from home so I can shift my hours, but it, it's just been a struggle to get up. It's been a pretty chill week. Uh, hung out with Nikki on Wednesday. Um, Who's that? Nikki is our family friend since high school. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, Nikki.
1: Yeah, but like the listeners have no idea who that is. Okay, I hung out with George this week. But what does that, <laughs> that mean? That, to people? That's fair.
0: Touche. Uh, yeah. So we, I saw her cats for the first time. I uh, went over to her place, and then we went to Cabela's. I realized I don't have a first aid kit at my apartment, which mm. I should probably have. Yeah, you need those adrenaline like the pens. tweezers and all that jazz. Oh. Some band aids. Mm-hmm. You know, just yeah. So got that. So I'm prepared for. Uh, injuring myself walking around the apartment <laughs> it, you never know when that ha- should happen so yeah yeah it's been pretty uneventful but kind of what's needed coming back from a eventful vacation
1: just kind of unwinding yeah
0: yeah what about you how eventful was your week
1: uh, yeah i would say kind of similar you just needed a couple of days or at least i needed a couple of days as well to kind of just chill get adjusted back to the work schedule uh monday morning i think i slept in till about 8 15 was signed on by 8.30. Um, so a lot of that going on. Um, but yeah, thankfully, a lot of stuff at work has kind of transitioned to some other people, some more overseeing projects as opposed to leading them, which has been Good. nice to kind of have a, have a more relaxed role there. And then yesterday, uh, we had some, some family come into town, at least on your side of things. But Lauren and I really wanted to take this weekend to prioritize us and just reconnecting, hanging out since I was gone last week, and so we woke up, uh, well, we We slept, slept in, and then we went to uh, this kind of brunch place that we really like down the street from us, got some good breakfast, and then we went over to the zoo. We have one of the largest zoos, um, the most country. well-renowned, certainly in the country. So that was a good time. We love, um, one of the, the biggest things that, uh, as weird as it may sound, that Lauren and I connected on early on when we were dating is that we had a mutual love of manatees. The sea cow. I mean, how can you not like the sea cows? They're just so cute. And it's very unfortunate what ends up happening to them, especially down in the Florida waters with motors often cutting up their backs just because they kind of tend to hover over the surface. So um, Lauren and I eventually want to get down there and swim with the manatees because they're just the most cute, cuddly little uh, creatures in the world, um, if you ask me. So definitely spent some time with the manatees, got over to the kind of Africa exhibit and saw um, the, the elephants and the lions and all that fun stuff. And what else did we see?
0: Cheetahs, giraffes. Oh yeah.
1: saw the cheetahs, the giraffes, all good stuff.
0: You got some tigers or lions out there Mm -hmm. in that exhibit.
1: Yeah. So it was good kind of getting out, um, getting some sun. And then, uh, yesterday evening we kind of just took it easy. And when I came back from Colorado, I actually ended up doing quite a bit of research for, some co-op type games that her and i can start playing together now that she recently congrats lauren if you're listening she finished her master's program so go show lauren some love in the discord or on twitter let her know um just give her a little congrats message i'm sure she would appreciate it um but yeah so as part of her graduating just before i left because we were also kind of celebrating our four-year wedding anniversary i um Kind of a month and a half ago, I started prepping a bunch of gifts that I was going to get her and then prepping a scavenger hunt around the house. And part of the gifts that were involved with that scavenger hunt were It Takes Two. Yeah. Uh, Recently came out this year. Um, One of the best games from what I've heard that has come out this year. So her and I are definitely looking forward to playing that. And I also, as part of the research that I was doing, found this kind of trilogy of games called We Are Here. And I don't really have a synopsis or anything um, pulled up right now, but from the footage I was watching recently on on recent episodes, I was talking about a a game called Operation Tango that I was Mm -hmm. playing with a good friend of ours, uh, Blink, and it's kind of similar to that in that. You have to play in separate rooms or on separate consoles. You have to be mic'd up. And ultimately, one person has a certain role and the other is kind of in the field trying to solve puzzles. And the best way I can kind of compare it is it seems like Operation Tango meets Amnesia. Okay. That kind of horror game. I don't think it's necessarily horror horror related, but you seem to almost be in kind of like old... Um, Victorian houses, dungeons, different, certainly different types of environments than you were in Operation Tango. Okay. But the nature of the game is very similar where I have information that the other person does not and you have to say like, what are you looking at in the room? Do you see this symbol? Okay, well, you need to connect that symbol to that. Um, similar to that. It's, it's very co-op, puzzle-solving focused and, you know, Lauren loves puzzles and games. I'm not the greatest fan, but recently playing games like... Um, The Pathless and Operation Tango has definitely kind of ignited my love of them to a certain degree. Okay, is it on PlayStation? It is. I think you can get it on other consoles as well, but I was looking at the PSN sale that they recently had going on, and you could get the trilogy for like 10 bucks. And each of them, I don't think we have many people that listen to the show that are fans of trophies, but, you know, Rusty over here is a pretty big fan of them trophies, and I'm pretty sure... If my research was correct, each of these games has a platinum trophy associated with it. Oh, shit. Um, So the first one, it's just called We Are Here. I think you can beat in about two hours. And I think it does require multiple playthroughs to, because kind of similar to Operation Tango, you have to play through it as both roles to get all the trophies. And then the second one, I think, was about a three and a half or so hour game. And then the the third part was about six hours. I don't know if the stories are intertwined or if it's just kind of three separate storylines in the same universe. Uh, But if that kind of a game interests you, check out We Are Here. Um, Could be fun times. So Lauren and I are going to be probably playing that later this fall at some point as well. And then she's a big fan. I'm also a big fan of the Lego games. They're just kind of fun, mindless co-op adventures. You smash a bunch of stuff, collect the little studs. And you play through some of the storylines of your favorite movie franchises. So, I ended up downloading Lego The Hobbit, uh, which I think I actually already had. Um, I just never played through it myself. Also, pretty much all the Lego games are on sale right now. So, I ended up um, snagging Lego The Incredibles. Oh, cool. I'm not sure if that plays through both Incredibles 1 and 2 or just the first movie. uh, But, Lauren, I love those films. So, that'll be a good one to play through. And then... What was the
0: final one? I didn't one realize I did. they made an
1: Incredibles Lego.
0: I, I feel like they make Lego for everything, but I didn't realize that was. I, f- I know Marvel has one, but interesting.
1: Well, there was a string of time there where they did ones for Batman. Oh, that was the third one I got, was Jurassic World. Oh, um, okay. So, yeah, they did one for the Jurassic. World movie, I don't think that encompasses the first three Jurassic Park films. I could be wrong. Of course, Chronos Correction Corner. There was a little note in the Discord if Ryan and I get something incorrect. Um, but yeah, so Lego Incredibles, Lego um, The Hobbit, and Lego Jurassic World. I think those will be fun to play. Uh, in addition to We Are Here and It Takes Two. So I'm just excited to kind of get back into the realm of co-op games. I recently posted on Twitter that, you know, certainly coming away from, like the I would say, the PS2 era, it seemed like a lot of co-op focused games had kind of gone away, Mm -hmm. but if you do a little bit of digging, they're not getting the same attention of the Call of Duties and Assassin's Creeds of the world, but there's a lot of games out there. You just kind of, kind of, you need to find the diamonds in the rough. So I'm excited to to play some co-op games with Lauren. Yeah,
0: that'll be a ton of fun. She was also, she texted me about Dragon Quest Builders.
1: Yeah. So Lauren, I mean, it's, what's been so exciting is that, you know, she's had so much free time now and um you know after all of our adventures yesterday and uh, we hung out quite a bit on friday as well you know i was just like yo as i'll get to later in the show ghost of tsushima director's cut came out you mind if i go upstairs and play some she's like yeah but you're gonna hook me up with the game so i was like (laughs) come to the game room let me show you the way to greatness and uh, we were kind of just perusing the shelf and uh, a couple games i pulled out for her I just said, yeah, choose from, like, these three to five. You know, she told me kind of what mood she was in. She didn't really want something to the um, the expansiveness or the, like, directionless of a Kingdoms of Amalore or Skyrim-type game. She wanted something with a little bit more structure. So I was like, okay, well, Dragon Quest Builders is open world in the sense that, it, you know, it's basically Minecraft with a Dragon Quest skin, but there is structure in the sense that it's quest-based. So you actually do have chapters where you have specific objectives that you're tracking towards. And so she played that for a couple hours um, the past couple of days and and really enjoyed that. And then last night she was like, "Okay, Dragon Quest Builders, while I'm loving it, the music is so relaxing to the point where I'm almost falling asleep just because we were in the sun all day yesterday. So I was like, "Okay, you need something a little bit more uppity, uh, something that might be a little bit. You so know, I gave her Doom. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I ended up giving her Little Big Planet three. So she popped oh, okay. that in cool. for a little bit. Um, seemed to be a little bit more engaging, and uh, she was really enjoying that. So uh, it's just fun to see her kind of taking an interest in, in in video games. You know, she always had, but certainly with the master's program, she was just playing a lot on Switch, just because uh, the console type stuff wasn't really anything that she could kind of commit to. Yeah, it's
0: good to see her back in the real world of video games. It is, yeah. So I'm
1: thrilled. I'm ready. I'm looking forward to playing games with her, and I'm certainly looking forward to uh, extending some recommendations when she asks for them. Which co-op game do you think you're going to play first? It's a good question. Uh, we were talking about that yesterday, and just given everything we'd done yesterday, she was kind of just like, "I, I don't know if I want to. I don't want to
0: see you anymore today. <laughs> Pretty much, I'm
1: sick of you. Um, I kind of want to just play something solo for a little while." And uh, we talked about Lego the Hobbit just because that is something that especially after a long day of work, we can easily just come up in the game room and veg out and play. Yeah. Uh, So probably that. And then I really want to play We Are Here just because I don't really know anything about it. Like it Mm -hmm. takes two. I've heard the reviews. I've heard people praise it, but I've never heard anyone talk about We Are Here and I don't even know if it's a good game. So and it's two hours. So. Not much of a loss if we commit to it. It's just like, let's just play this to completion. Long, and be, be do you done know with it. how
0: long It Takes Two is? Because I know Blink played through it It's
1: a stream. It's a, I think, surprisingly meaty game. I think if I had to guess, 15-ish hours, Okay. maybe up to 20. I'm not sure. I just, I heard one of the common criticisms of it, that it did extend its, overstay its welcome for some people. Okay. So um, I think beginning to end overall, it's a great game. But I heard some people said, no, there's some parts that drag just a little bit. Okay. so um, but yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. And then I'm looking forward to continuing the games that I've been playing. But we'll get to that in a little bit. All right. Don't get greedy, people. But before we do get into the main topic of the show and talk about our Colorado experience, Ryan, I think it's worth reiterating something that we talked about on last episode where there's going to be a little bit of a change in when we record the show and how often I'm not sure how often how often people actually listen to the entirety of our episodes, but we mentioned it towards the tail end and what Ryan and I are going to be doing moving forward. As I talked about earlier in this show, Lauren recently wrapped up her masters, which means more free time for her, which means more free time for us to have fun and do random things, uh, especially with the house. So we are going to be shifting to an every other week uh, recording schedule. Yep. So we're recording today, Sunday, August 22nd, and then we'll be back Two weeks from now, so on the either 11th of September or the 12th of September, we'll release another episode, <clears throat> so on and so forth. This is kind of the tentative schedule that we're going to be sticking to just so that you and I can have more time to kind of dedicate to personal life stuff, RL, and that does not mean that eventually in the future that, you know, if there's a PlayStation State to Play or some huge news drop, Nintendo Direct, whatever it might be, that we might do like an impromptu episode just to kind of talk about. Whatever that event is, just so our reactions are fresh. But otherwise, uh, we are going to be shifting to this new recording schedule.
0: Yeah, no, I think it'll be good. Um, Obviously, Lauren's back in reality of non-masters. And then another thought of us was we took a month off uh, just because I believe of life stuff. Mm -hmm. And when we came back, we had a lot to talk about. Um, So we'll be able to, I guess, talk about two weeks worth of material. Yeah, it'll be good. And then it allows the listeners to talk about or listen to our episodes over those two weeks.
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you thought Rusty, you know, obtained a lot of platinum trophies in a one week period, you just can't even imagine how many platinum trophies I'm going to be unlocking in a two week period. You started the year at like 40, you're at 50. I think I had 15 at the beginning of the year and about 170, I think was the last count. Damn. So, yeah. All right.
0: So next episode, 900 platinum <laughs> trophies. He's going for the world record.
1: That's the goal. He wants free PlayStation 6 yeah. when it comes out. So Can you imagine if there was an incentive that you got free PlayStation merch for every PlayStation platinum trophy you unlocked? God, this room would be so full of stuff. That would be pretty sweet. Yeah. Yo, I, b- I beat Gigantosaurus the game. Hook me up with the PlayStation 6, please.
0: <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a fair trade. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think just so. all of the indie games. Reward like, me for those. my
1: efforts, please, PlayStation, if you're listening. I wonder
0: what the most Platinums are.
1: Would it be close to 1,000? Oh, gosh. I have no idea. Yeah, probably it's pretty significant, though. Um, yeah,
0: I mean, you guys are... You and Blink are just falling behind. Yeah, we you are. You guys suck. I think so.
1: Yeah, yeah I, I have... Like three Platinums. I've got some work to do as well. You definitely have some catching up to do, but yes. So also I will say that, you know, given just people's busyness in life, I think with this new recording schedule and given how long our episodes tend to be, hopefully it's an opportunity for anyone that may have fallen behind or even a newcomer to the show has a chance to kind of catch up on episodes just because when you have a two and a half hour episode of Otaku Bros every single week, it would be tough for me to, you know, keep up with those types of shows. So. Yeah,
0: especially for like work from home. it's You don't have those commutes to listen to podcasts as yeah, much. Yeah. So,
1: yeah. Good deal, Ryan. Well, what do you say enough about that and more about our Colorado experience? Yes, let's do it. So before we even get into the meat of the episode, you might even say like Rocky Mountain taco meat. Um, so good, dude. What? did you want to get out of the trip? Did you have any expectations going in? Like if there's one word to describe what you wanted to get out of the trip, what might it have been, you know, when we were flying out to Denver? I th- I think just
0: one to be rejuvenated because work beats you down over a year, two years, five years, 10. Yeah. yeah. You ball and chain. And then, I don't know, just a new perspective on things. It's, Ohio versus Colorado, it's a very different environment, like geologically, but just the atmosphere involved. I mean, literally the atmosphere is less, (laughs) but yeah, I I just think just a new perspective. Yeah. Cool. What about you? What did you want to get out of the trip?
1: Yeah. I mean, I've been there uh, twice already. I went to Avon about five years ago with my dad and my sister. It was a really, it was a really fun time getting to know the locals and just experiencing experiencing what Colorado has to offer. But at that time in my life, I was also really restrictive in the things that I was doing, whether it was uh, just getting out of my comfort zone, foods I was eating, beverages I was consuming. So I really kind of held back from enjoying the trip to its fullest. And then three years ago, just before I left my then role, which was exhausting, that was when I was working in Big Four and I just finished passing my CPA exam thing. And I was on a huge client for a couple of months where I was working just absurd hours, weekends, you know, 14, 15, 16 hour days. It was just insane to the point where I was like having night terrors, like physically and mentally I had, it had taken too much of a toll on me. And I I really needed a chance to just become refreshed, become one with nature, hike, (laughs) bike, drink some beers and just chill out. And that's exactly what that trip did for me. It was tremendously refreshing. And then I ended up coming back a week later, putting in my two weeks notice and going to the role that I'm in now, which is just um, a night and day different from where I, I was previously. And so for this trip, there wasn't really anything I was running from or anything I needed to, to, to kind of reset my mind necessarily but you know even though I love my job and I love the people I work with there's a certain element of still needing the R&R you yeah. know and needing to kind of um, go out there and just experience the world if, if you will and that's exactly what this trip was for me you know it was going out there chilling with you um, you know obviously I, I wish Lauren was there too but her and I have a trip here in a few months planned as well but yeah coming away from this trip I wanted to be refreshed I wanted to relax I wanted to have a good time and I did all of those in abundance with you great so yeah so yeah that's about it that's colorado um I don't really think there's anything else to talk about
0: no that's it all right happy uh 123rd episode we'll be back in like 6 weeks <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> no it oh my gosh there there was a ton that happened yeah um So I mean we can just start Saturday morning chronological order yeah yeah so our flight was at six thirty which is a very early flight yeah Um, so for me I stayed at the parents the the parents ended up watching Nala for the week so I'm happy that they did that for me Um, so we got I got up at three came and picked you up around four. Got to the airport at, like, 4.30, and we were through security pretty quick. Yeah, I mean, we got through everything pretty
1: fast. Like, yeah. no
0: one's there at 4.30 in the morning, so Not that's many. pretty nice. Yeah. And then we just prepared for two flights. Um, by the time we got out to Colorado, it was... We had been up for, like, eight hours. It was, like, 10.30 in the morning, and we're like, holy shit. Like, our day hasn't even really started. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then we had to forget our car. And that's kind of where like the Rio Colorado experience oh. started.
1: Well, yeah. And, and just a, a word of, uh, I guess something to note when we got out there, uh, since I'd already been out there two times before, I was surprised how misty and foggy it was. I couldn't really see far in the distance. And usually when you touch down in Denver, you just see mountains <clears throat> for days. Yeah. And I wasn't aware that there were actually a lot of forest fires, um, in neighboring cities to Denver. And so it, it was a, a bit of a haze, which was disappointing and also just very sad that, you know, the vegetation is obviously affected, nature is affected, and even the people that live locally that are native to Colorado, I'm sure we had to evacuate certain areas. It's just very scary when that type of, type yeah. of stuff happens.
0: Yeah, because we were flying in, I mean, I was in the aisle, but. I was looking over. I was like, this is a lot flatter than I expected. Like, I expected, like, mountains and stuff. And then I realized, like, our viewing distance is maybe, like, a thousand yards Mm -hmm. out. Um, So, we couldn't really see much. There were also, like, landslides near Avon that some of the locals were telling us about. So, it was, it's rough out there. We don't really get a ton of wildfires here in Ohio, but it's a reality that they have to live with. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So we get to the. Um, you want to talk about the cars and all that? Yeah, that was. In-
1: yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> I mean, i've I've rented cars many times before, and especially when you're in um, a state like Colorado, where there's significant elevation. If you're going anywhere beyond Denver, then they're gonna do a lot of their marketing ploy where. They give you a look of like, oh, you're getting a Nissan Sentra. That's just not that's not going (laughs) to cut it. I'm telling you, like drive up a mountain, you're going to (laughs) explode. I'm like, listen, bro, I have done this twice before. I have flintstoned my way to the city. I've made it. It's not a big deal. And then he started giving us throwing out all of these deals. His math was completely off. And I was like, bro, (laughs) you've got someone here that deals with negotiations for a living and you have an auditor. So trust me. You throw a bunch of numbers out. We're going to be asking the tough questions, and you're not going to be able to answer them. So let's just. It was
0: like, yeah, it's twenty five dollars more for like an SUV that can actually scale a mountain, and he's like, oh, it's just going to be a hundred dollars for your week, and we're like, it's supposed to be one hundred and seventy five. What's up with that? And he's like, oh yeah, maybe
1: it's one hundred and thirty seven.
0: We're like, where the fuck are you getting these numbers from? Like. Maybe we'll just like, yeah, Flintstone our way up a mountain. Yeah.
1: So then begins the, the traveling through the mountains of death. And I guess, you know, Lauren and I were out there three months ago or three years ago, and I didn't really remember how treacherous those roads are. Yeah. Especially, you no. Know, fortunately, we had beautiful, you know, uh, sunny days, no rains. Great so music. Great. To- oh, yeah. We'll talk about the playlist. Yes. Don't worry about that. But um, there was nothing that weather-wise, affected the drive, which was nice. But you, you're you going up these crazy mountains. It sounds like my engine is quite literally going to explode. My foot is on the floor with the gas pedal. And still, this car is chugging along. But yeah. what was scariest when is when you get up to the top of these mountains and then you go down through the valleys. And without the foot even being on the gas, you're going 80 miles per hour. You have cars that are literally on your butt as you're going down the hill you have semis on either side of you and as i'm pumping my brakes going down the the, the hill my steering wheel starts shaking my <laughs> brakes are making crazy noises yeah. and i'm thinking like if our brakes go out we are fucked
0: well we, it was funny because we didn't want to like address it out loud but we were both like figuring out contingency plans like i was thinking like all right so If the brakes go out, I'm going to yell, we need to hit a median or something to like, and you're thinking the exact same thing. Like, what do I hit that I'm not getting killed by a semi and like, we don't fly off a cliff.
1: And some, yeah, somehow slower speed, just enough where, listen, we'll pay the damages to the car rental company at that point. I'm just trying to stay alive Yeah. and, you know, be able to slow down enough where we could come to a complete stop and call someone to bring us a Jeep or something. (laughs) Yeah um we need to make it to to avon but but yeah towards the end there was not a whole lot of enjoying the music because like you were white knuckling i was white knuckling it and there was a certain point where like we were just completely silent you know there could have been the best banger of a (laughs) tune playing that we would traditionally sing along to and dance and whatever but (laughs) it was just such a crazy drive that it was like let's just get to avon alive and then we can listen to some tunes
0: yeah, and I will say we were happier on the, like, you were happier on the way drive back because I was driving, Yeah, you were more willing to sing if I got had to deal with all the death. Yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, it, we eventually got there. It was just an experience and a half, and I didn't realize how bad, I mean, I've only had Hondas, but like, going from our Civics to the Nissan, it was just like, holy crap. Like, my, I think my Civic could deal with that accelerations because I've gone through like West Virginia and stuff with it and that's got some elevation but yeah it's no brakes no acceleration two things you'd expect or want in a car but we didn't get so yeah
1: and so when Laura and I were we were planning an international trip for next year but just given the current state of the world and covid and everything like that the chances of that actually coming to fruition are pretty slim so we'll probably travel domestically and go back out to Colorado just because her and I love that place so much, um, and specifically Avon. But we will definitely be paying the extra few bucks to get a nicer car, so we don't have to to Flintstone ourselves to, to Avon and worry about the brakes going out and the engine exploding. Yeah, so. that's good. Yeah, I'll, fuck, I'll pay your extra fee
0: <laughs> so you don't <laughs> explode.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, so we finally made it to, uh, to Avon. We checked into our hotel. We got everything kind of unpacked and ready to go. And then the first place you got to go, if you're ever in Avon, Colorado is Bob's place. It's the best dive bar. One of the best dive bars I've ever been to. There's two pool tables in the back. They've got foosball dart boards, even the structure and layout of the actual bar is a little unique up at the front where you actually get your drinks and stuff like that. Um, Actually,
0: I was going to say that was the end of the night because we that was like 1230 and we hit two other stores because we had to get stocked up for the week. We did get snacks. So we went both to the liquor store, which was eventful. Mm -hmm. And then we went to the grocery store, which was eventful because we didn't have half the utilities that (laughs) you expected us to have. Yeah. So. So liquor store. Liquor
1: store. Yeah. So you are actually wearing the Otaku Brothers t shirt. Our merch that is in merch. (laughs) Yeah. We'll we'll get the merch Otaku Bros. store. I I would like to put a poll out there to see who would actually be willing and wanting to purchase something related to Otaku Brothers before we put any kind of front end cost out there to produce or at least have a storefront open. So maybe, you know, if you're listening and you're interested. Send me a DM, post in the Discord. Otherwise, in the near term, I will post a poll out there to see gauge interest from our listener base.
0: Yeah, because there's probably a minimum order quantity. Yeah,
1: exactly. Um, But anyways, you're wearing this T-shirt. We go in the liquor store. We get a cheap bottle of of whiskey. And we go up to the counter. And there's these two guys there. And right when we're walking up, he said, did you draw that? And I was like, oh, no, a buddy of mine designed uh, this logo for us uh, when I was in college. Or a friend from college designed it and he's like, oh, that's that's really cool. And he said otaku like you're supposed to say it. Yeah. Um, he's like, oh, otaku brothers. And he's like, that's really neat. And I'm like, yeah, it's a podcast we record together. And he was just like, oh, that's sweet, dude. So he checks us uh, out and everything, sells us the liquor, or whatever. And we're getting ready to leave. And he whips out his phone. He's like, I'm going to check this out right now.
0: Yeah, it was surprising that he said it correctly because he, he, I mean, it's a Japanese word, right? Mm -hmm. So he wasn't Japanese. He looked like just a giant Samoan dude. He did, yeah. But it was cool that he was like, oh, shit, I know what you're actually, you're talking about. Yeah,
1: that was sweet.
0: Yeah, and that was kind of our first, at least mine, because you've been there, my first interaction to the locals. And like, not that we're standoffish in Ohio, but it's not as like upfront hey
1: how's it going kind of thing as it seems to be out in avon yeah definitely not people aren't as friendly people aren't as willing to like even if you take notice to a shirt like if i'm out and about and i see someone with a foo fighters t-shirt i'm gonna go up to that person and say something you know like oh the foos my favorite band of all time but like most of the time if i'm wearing something like that in ohio no even if fucking dave Grohl himself is out and about dave would dave would probably approach me but like most people wouldn't say anything but out in colorado it's like the friendliest of people even when we were walking about around the town um and we were going across crosswalks and the cars are supposed to yield to the pedestrians even in ohio especially essentially like in columbus most of the time that doesn't even happen but in avon everyone like everyone gave the pedestrian the benefit of the doubt Like roundabouts were stopping
0: for us and like trucks going relatively quick in a roundabout like it was that big white truck oh yeah midway through the week and i was just like okay we'll wait for him and he just stopped and i was like holy shit like ohio i would have been run over
1: yeah yeah it's it's just a really friendly um city and that extends beyond avon too like i've I've spent some time in denver uh and denver and avon are really only the only two cities that i've spent any significant amount of time in but um more often than not people have been super friendly yeah so So I mean, I don't know if we need to detail the grocery store. We just kind of loaded up on snacks. We got some beer.
0: We got 36 eggs for a stove we didn't have. No. Well, like, <laughs> we got some lunch meat and stuff, but you're like, "Oh dude, we have got an oven. We've got a stove. Like we can get a pizza." We didn't end up getting the pizza, but we didn't have any way to cook 36 eggs.
1: So my dad, when we typically stay there at this resort um using his timeshare points, we would get like the full room and we kind of got the half room, okay. if you will. So the full room does have a stove, an oven, a microwave, all of the fixings that you would need to cook things. So I thought, like, yeah, if you want eggs, let's get eggs. Let's also get a frozen pizza. We're gonna want one of those. But then when you grab thirty-six eggs, I'm like, dude, what the hell are you doing? We're not gonna eat thirty-six eggs in seven days. And <laughs> you're like Especially
0: without a stove. <laughs> and you're like,
1: I'm gonna eat thirty six yeah, eggs. Like, dude back off, brah. I got this. And I was like, alright. And then we get back to our room, and lo and behold, we don't have a stove. And I'm like, dude, unless you're gonna fucking rock your way through the week and eat 36 yeah. raw eggs.
0: Drinking eggs is not a fun one, so we ended up giving that to whoever
1: cleaned our room. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we dropped everything back off the room, and then like I said, first place you're gonna wanna go, is make a pit stop at Bob's place. Yes. So we go into Bob's place, we sit at the bar, we're hanging out, and this uh this cute young woman yes. approaches us, and she's behind the bar and she's working, and she looks at your shirt and she says, Is that is that you two on the shirt? Because it looks exactly like you guys. And it, I was like, It does, it does look like us. And I was like, Yeah, that's a testament to my friend from college and his um his art skills that yeah, that's us. We record a podcast, so we make some small talk. And then she's like, that's so cool. She's like, um, I'm a big nerd, so on and so forth. And she's like, I'm actually looking to to start a podcast myself. And I'm actually um, kind of have a contract with a local news network. There's going to be a show on YouTube. I'm going to have an audio only podcast. And it's going to be this paranormal activity type of show where I detail local weird paranormal events here around the Avon, Colorado area. And I'm yeah. thinking what well first of all that's like the coolest thing i've ever heard and second of all there's paranormal events that happen, yeah it's like
0: we need to dive into this one
1: yeah happened locally to colorado and she's like yeah so then she starts telling us this story that three people on three distinct occasions had frequented this volcano local to Avon, Colorado. Little did I know that there's a fucking volcano in Colorado.
0: Yeah, uh, When I think of volcanoes, I think of, like, the caldera under Yellowstone. I think of Hawaii and then, like, Pompeii in Italy. That's about it. There are no other volcanoes in the world. But, yeah,
1: I guess Colorado has one. Yeah, so that was bizarre. And then – and we even asked her, like, what? And she's like, yeah, it was, like, an old mining town, and there was this volcano kind of local to that – like, oh, that's interesting. And so she goes on to tell this story about how three people had posted in this Facebook group. I don't think they posted any pictures, but just were recounting stories of seeing this young woman in kind of a white nightgown with chains tied to her arms with some kind of necklace walking up and down this volcano.
0: Picture uh, Supernatural Episode 1, the woman
1: in white. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Jared Paldecki and Jensen Ackles want to come on Talker Brothers. What's up, guys? Would love to have you on.
0: Yes, we would.
1: But she was talking about this and how she's going to bring this camera crew of people. They're going to kind of camp out and wait to see if they see this young woman going up and down the mountain. And I'm sure they're going to do a lot of research and they'll probably, you know... I don't know the extent of what she's planning on doing with the show and what'll end up transpiring, but it was just so unique for her to one bring up that there's a volcano in Colorado, two that she's starting a paranormal podcast, and three that she was just a complete nutter nerd. Yeah. So then brings in the next awesome thing, and we'll come back to. Um, we kind of referred to her as as paranormal Blondie because we didn't know her name. Yeah. So
0: we didn't so, get a lot of names.
1: <laughs> so she ends up walking away. And then this uh, older gentleman sits next to me and I kind of started like uh, moving my seat and I was like, oh, do you need some more room? And he's like, I'm not going to pretend I know to do a uh, an English accent, but he's like, for my fat ass, you better move over a little bit. (laughs) And so Uh, (laughs) he sits down and uh, I didn't really introduce myself yet because you and I were kind of just, you know, eating and drinking or whatever. So eventually... The Olympics were on and we were kind of watching that. And you and I were just having a conversation about it. He kind of overheard. And as you do at bars, you kind of just feed into other people's conversation. So mm-hmm. he started talking to us, had this thick English accent. And so I was just like, oh, are you are you from around here? And he was like, oh, I'm from Wilmington, England, tradi- or originally, um, but I kind of share my time between New York and Florida right now. Um, and I was like, oh, what brings you to Avon? And he's like, oh, there's an art gallery in town. He's like, I'm a painter.
0: And we're like, oh, shit. All right.
1: And I was Guess like, we're doing that. sweet. So there's an art gallery we can, you know, attend tomorrow. That's that's our agenda for tomorrow. Yeah. So we're kind of just shooting the shit and stuff like that. And he's just saying some of the most. Hilarious stuff. Oftentimes, I wasn't entirely sure what he was saying. <laughs> There's a lot of words that were like muffled through accents. Um, and he had like a Guinness and a half, and was just completely sloshed. So that was hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know if he was pretending or not, but he's like, "Who are you guys?" Like the next day when we were at the art show, and he's like, "You get one Guinness in me and you just don't remember anything."
1: Yeah. So we, you know, continued to talk to him a little bit more, and then eventually he left for the night and um
0: well he he showed us all of his paintings on his phone on his phone and they're like photorealistic he he was really into like glasses of whiskey and guns Mm -hmm. and like that's a lot of reflections yeah and you got reflections of light and metal and we're we're just looking at him We're like holy shit yeah beautiful paintings we're like how do you get or one of the memorable lines that he said we're like that's really detailed like how do you like fine brushes and he's like yeah i mean like one of my brushes has a singular pubic hair of like an ox <laughs> and I'm like what, what? <laughs> I'm like what are you talking about man
1: yeah yeah he was a nut a really funny guy and so he leaves and paranormal blondie comes back and she's like when you guys were talking to him and looking at him did you guys just start humming the Jurassic Park theme in your head? Cause he looked like the guy from Jurassic Park. And I was like, you know, it didn't did, cross yeah. my mind until now, but he definitely looked like the guy from Jurassic Park. And then she started talking about like Rick and Morty and stuff like that. And so um, she was good people. She was fun to talk to. Ken was great. And then we ended up hopping over to a pizza joint to snack a pizza, talk to some other locals, which was good times. And then we ended up booking it back to our place and kind of just hanging out for the night and that was your first introduction to Avon, Colorado. Yeah. It,
0: yeah, it was it was so different. Like I I didn't know what to fully expect going out there, but like that's a hell of a first day to start out with.
1: Yeah. And so we ended up the following morning, um we go to this art gallery, this art show, and we we find Ken's tent. And I remember walking up to it and he was just behind, I think, getting other paintings ready for display with his wife. And then we're looking at some of his paintings. I go into his tent and there's this sign there that says for every picture of an artist's painting that you take and you don't ask their permission, a kitten dies, it was just yeah. like, which was just so spot on to yeah. his personality then I'm like, I literally heard him say
0: that. You and know? he caught someone taking a picture. He's like, yeah, there's a box out back. You need to go pick the kitten we
1: want to kill now.
0: <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, shit. All right.
1: <laughs> really dark sense of humor. Really funny guy. And then when he ended up seeing us, he's like, oh, hi, guys. You know, uh, let me know if you have any questions. I'm like, it's good to see you again. He's like, do I know you? <laughs> was like we were we were drinking beers at bob's place last night and he's like oh you get one guinness in me and i'm just gone he's like you know i'm a pretty cheap date you know it's just like oh my
0: gosh dude yeah and his wife was cool too because she was there and there there were so many different artists because it was how many tents do you think there were at least 30 maybe yeah if not more um yeah so many different styles i mean there was one people like finding driftwood in like not the amazon but like out in swamps and they would make art out of it um you have him who's like photorealistic we had the picasso guy
1: we had um the
0: uh whatever
1: his name was rob Fannin. he kind of had a surreal style and he kind of modeled a lot of his paintings after salvador dali yes, that's who it was. and his story was just so fascinating where you know he spent like 25 30 years in corporate marketing. And I think he had gotten divorced or something like that. Then he spent some time in the war. Yeah, was,
0: he was like military and then he went to marketing.
1: Yeah, something like that. And then he's like, yeah, but then eventually I just settled down and started my own art business. And um, now I basically just tour the world with my art. And it's just amazing. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. And then he's like, what do you guys do for a living? And I said, oh, well, I work, you know, central to Ohio in the Columbus area. And so do you. And he's like, really? Whereabouts? And I told him. And he's like, oh, that's that's crazy. My kids go to Ohio State. Was, like, yeah, that's where we're from, and they're both out there doing.
0: I think they're like tech or business or whatever. But yeah. like, yeah, it was it was a small world. His paintings, like, it was so different than anything. Like the explanation of it's so different than anything I do. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. I just put my hand on the page, make some shapes, and what happens happens. And I was like how the fuck does that even work? Like you don't plan out anything. He's like, cause we were asking about, it was the one with the like water and like, I, I forget the name of it, but it was called like,
1: it, it was wa- walk
0: of something
1: creation or something like that. And it was yeah. meant to be the interpretation of like ancient times versus current times and versus fu- future time. versus future times. And there were like these three very uh, distorted looking obscure figures that were meant to, embody each of those time periods and what was so interesting when he was talking and describing his work was the exactly that that he'd start putting his brush to the, the canvas and then he would allow the canvas to basically speak back to him and if he started to get too intensely involved with a particular figure or character or plant or whatever it is then he'd walk away from the painting and come back to it later because he would be getting in the way of what the canvas was telling him
0: yeah, it was it was fascinating. Like he he went in with like a blank mind and just let art become art. It yeah, was like wow. All right, I feel like you need to be like on something to like think that way.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: yeah, it was it was cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, met a lot of really cool people there, which was just such a fun time. I, again, there's no not to say that artists are the most interesting people, but certainly just to understand their, their frame of mind when they approach something like Ken. Obviously, he's looking at a photograph or he's looking at an environment or a bottle or a, a handgun and drawing that. But someone like Rob, I think his name was Rob Fannin, he's just, his mind, the creativity, and what parts of his brain that he's leveraging or using is just, I don't get it. It's But it's so cool.
0: Yeah, there there's just a ton of different styles. And I went around... And talk to each one of the artists that like interest me to say like, what are you even thinking when you do this, or like, how do you make this? And they were one of the guys was like the husband to the artist, and he was talking through how his wife did stuff, which was cool to see. Yeah, Um, like here's how she does these layerings and stuff. It, It was it was just a lot of fun to talk to. A lot of different people from all around.
1: And a cool impromptu thing, you know, most of our trip was pretty much, you know, no agenda. We kind of allowed the wind to take us wherever it did. And whenever curiosity struck, we just acted upon it.
0: Yeah, because we, one, we didn't even know that there was an art festival, nor did we have plans to go to it. And we're just like. That sounds cool. We get to see Ken more. Let's do it.
1: Yeah. So that was awesome. And I think that's the first day that we got tacos. I think it was. We kind of just continued to walk around, explore Avon a little bit. And then we kind of stumbled upon about five to six minutes away from our place, this little taco truck that kind of sat right next to um, this railroad tracks, these railroad tracks. And then beyond that was kind of this waterfront where more you know resorts were, if you will. Yeah. And so we go up to this taco truck. I had never seen it there before. Uh, Again, I hadn't been there for three years. And it's called Rocky Mountain Taco Truck. If you saw any of my social media posts, we had took lots of pictures of it. Mm -hmm. And they they had this phrasing on the front of the truck that said, world's most best taco. And I was like, well, we have to be the judge of that.
0: (laughs) Yeah, those are lofty claims. So
1: we go off, we saw all the different menu. They had like six different tacos and it was two for five dollars. I'm like, two dollars? two tacos for five bucks
0: yeah they they had like the normal types of tacos like steak pork and then they had like what was it like white chicks yeah there was like lusty white chicks or something which is like an alfredo chicken taco and then there was one about vegans or something yeah but yeah they were fucking amazing it best, was so good.
1: Best tacos I've I've ever had in my life. You know, I By not far. not that I've frequented a number of places to have tacos like El Vaquero, obviously like the Taco Bells and Chipotle's of the world, like the fast food joints, but I've even been to some some nicer restaurants and never have I had tacos like these.
0: I've been to Mexico, <laughs> like Chihuahua, Chihuahua, Mexico and had tacos and these are better tacos than those tacos. Yeah. And yeah, they were just really good and they had this like creamy habanero sauce that i put on mine and oh dude we had that was it four out of seven days at least yeah
1: i mean pretty much after any of the major events we wanted to to accomplish or um you know biking or hiking earlier in the day we'd always around between one and three stop at the taco truck yeah it was
0: basically a bookend to an activity it was oh we did something fun let's get tacos to celebrate yeah pretty Um, much
1: and there was a perfect, like, at least for me, I'm not a huge eater, so, like, I could eat two tacos around, like, one or two, and then that would sustain me, like, okay. Until Bob's. Yeah, I have yeah. some stuff in my stomach, I'm ready to have a couple beers, and then around six or seven, we'll order some more food, you know? Yeah,
0: that's that was pretty much most of our days. It was, I think we got breakfast once.
1: Oh, yeah, we went to, so yeah, that we went one. to
0: Starbucks, um, which we're really branching out, <laughs> you um, but yeah, we went to Starbucks, got some coffee to start out our day. Um, and then, cause we realized the coffee in the room was not the best. And then we got some sandwiches, but yeah, it was mainly just like our first meal of the day was really tacos. Um, I guess we did go to the ga- the one place near the gas station. That's what I was going to say. North Bef- kitchen. Yeah. Yeah. That was the next day though. And yeah. that was before bike riding.
1: Yeah. So really <laughs> kind of just fast forwarding <laughs> to that, the biking, um, How was it for you, dude? I had the largest breakfast and I couldn't breathe. So
0: we went to the breakfast place to start out the day. Um, We were recovering from the previous afternoon um, where we went to a botanical garden and stuff. Um, And then so I had a like a steak and eggs and I didn't know what all they were going to give me because I'm like, okay. So I got some hash browns and I had a ton of food on my stomach. And then we're like, oh, hey, we're going to bike seven miles in like 75 percent of the oxygen that you're used to. (laughs) And I was like, how hard can it be? It was hard. It it was really hard. If you've never
1: done it before, you don't know unless you just do it. And I know leading up to the trip, you were telling me that you were just doing all kinds of like stair stepping and exercises and trying to prepare your body for that. And I'm over here like trying to put together a 200 song playlist is my preparation for the trip. <laughs>
0: yeah. You're like, I know it's going to suck. We're going to do it. Like yeah. there's
1: nothing unless you're wearing like a Bane mask and, you know, yeah. and you're cutting your oxygen levels or, you know, training with Goku in 10 times the gravity. There's no way you're going to be able to prepare your body for this. So me, I just I don't know if it's genetics or whatever, but I'm kind of like the Energizer bunny and I was just kind of flying through and doing it um, on the way back. I, I definitely struggled because. Those hills are are not easy. No. Yeah. And my
0: seat kept like impaling me for going down. So, like, I was doing like leg presses because my legs would go up to my chest. Yeah. And I was like, well, we we made it through and we ended up going to on that bike. It was, I mean, it was fun. Yeah. I'm not complaining. It was a ton of fun. And then we went to Edwards, which is this tiny town. Um, They've got like a quaint little movie theater and we bought some books. Mm -hmm. Um, I ended up buying. Uh, It was like a quick rundown of like a bunch of different space stuff, um, lots of concepts and history. And then I bought one about hobbits, like a leather bound, cool looking cover book specifically about hobbits.
1: Yeah, that was a cool one. And then I ended up getting, um, I think it's called The Unfinished Tales by Tolkien. I think a lot of it was finished by Christopher Tolkien, um, his son, and really what it's it's about is kind of detailing the events that are going to take place in the amazon tv series of the second age a lot of other details i don't want to lose the listeners but super thick book looks really interesting how much of it i'm going to read before that tv show comes out i don't know Uh, but even just reading the back of the box kind of synopsis of the events that take place looks really interesting yeah so so
0: we spent a bit of time there um i think was that the place with the candy shop that got closed or it, was that a different town?
1: It was that town. Yeah, it was Vail where we actually found a, uh, a candy yeah, shop. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then we spent a bit of time
0: there, and then we I think we went, ended up biking back. And that's where we went to the, maybe that's when we went to the Botanical Garden.
1: We may have. Yeah, they have nice gardens out in Colorado.
0: Yeah, so do we, we can talk about that. So we, we can, do you want to run through the snacks we ate while we were out there?
1: Yeah, no, we can definitely talk about that. So uh, there's definitely some pretty nice gardens out in colorado and for whatever reason when we left those we were just really 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 hungry
0: yeah i don't know why but we definitely consumed lots of snacks after
1: yeah so after departing that place um i i literally ended up taking a inventory of the things that we ate um and i'll Do my best to kind of detail who consumed those. It doesn't really matter. There are only two dudes there. And (laughs) you can kind of, you know, try and guess who ate what. But between the two of us, this was in like a, I would say, six to eight hour period. Yeah. We ate... Over
0: two days, though. Over two days.
1: That is correct. Yeah. We ate two boxes of Cheez-Its, seven cans of Pringles, one bag of Chex Mix, a Snickers, a Reese's, uh, an ice cream drumstick. You know, those things that have like little nuts on them, a little ice cream cone, some yeah, chocolate glaze thing. Uh Twizzlers and a bag of Swedish fish. I was <laughs> going to town on the yeah, Swedish fish. One bag of 3D Ranch Doritos, one bag of barbecue Twisty Fritos, and a colossal mountain sandwich with like 40 pieces of turkey, <laughs> Fritos, two pieces yeah. of bread, cheese, all the fixings.
0: It was a lot of food. Yeah, it was basically just like a hurricane of food encircling us as we just chilled on the couch. Um, And we ended up watching a show that you introduced me to as we were consuming those and chilling.
1: Yeah, so Lauren let me borrow her iPad because um, I don't think I've mentioned it to this point. But um, I did get a GoPro leading up to the trip. And because my iPhone is so ancient, I can't download most apps on the phone and so I asked, could I take her iPad? And she was like, sure, why not? And I downloaded the GoPro app to that. And because of that and the sh- the room we were in didn't have, uh, it wasn't like a smart TV. We didn't have like a Roku stick or anything like that. We ended up watching some of the Outer Banks on Netflix, which is yeah. a Netflix original series. I don't think I've talked about it to this point on the show, but it, the best way I can kind of pitch it is it's the Goonies kind of meets ozark and breaking bad you know it's a bunch of kids that are kind of going on a treasure hunt but a whole bunch of crazy craziness uh that they run into that kind of reminds me of the the events that go down and stuff like breaking bad and and ozark so we were watching a couple episodes of that going to town on snacks and just straight chilling
0: yeah that was a ton of fun yeah um and then like usually after we got back from the bars each night or from really it was just mainly Bob's. We went to, I think, one other bar. Um, and then luckily we went to Bob's that night because that was another night that was just like crazy.
1: Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um,
0: it, but like in the evening, we would kind of wind down before bed and just play some Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, I brought my Switch. You brought a few games. I brought a few games. And we played Mario Golf for, I think... We started eighteen holes and or no, no no, there was DLC that was added. So we, we did like powered through like nine holes of birdies only mm-hmm. in a city from like Odyssey. And then we
1: started eighteen holes and then we Hold on, let's 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 go back to that real quick. So the DLC was New Donk City. Anyone yes. that's played Mario Odyssey is probably familiar with that. Which logically when it comes to golf, if you're hitting a ball around concrete, it doesn't really make any sense. Um that I don't want to keep dogging on this game, but New Dong City was, like, so lifeless, so boring, and just really not any fun at all.
0: Yeah, I mean, the birdie challenge in the GameCube 1 was a ton of fun, and I, I just think the GameCube 1 had way more character. It's cool to see, like, a city, but it just... It doesn't have the charm, mm-hmm. and, like, I can't get over how lifeless it feels yeah so yeah we we ended up quickly moving away from that into a far superior game which is pokemon snap
1: oh gosh
0: so i got to experience the joy of that game and wow it was probably gonna be game of the year <laughs> <laughs> like if this doesn't win all the awards like last of us to clear the entire thing yeah it was
1: not fun yeah, um, I think a lot of that just stems from people to nowadays that grew up playing the original Pokemon games. Like I, I know there's some people out there that enjoyed the heck out of Pokemon Snap that played the originals, and I love that. I'm I'm glad people enjoyed it for what it was, and I'm glad in for, in some cases it exceeded expectations or at least met them. Uh, but I think for me, I just I look at Pokemon with kind of rose colored glasses or whatever. I'm always nostalgic for the past. And that's just kind of just the grumpy old man in me that, you know, I'd much rather play Grand Theft Auto Vice City remastered than I would Grand Theft Auto 6. You know, it's just kind of how I am. Um, and I think with Pokemon, that's probably the biggest example for a franchise that's still going today that I'd rather just I'd rather have Game Freak and the other company that remakes Pokemon games remake some of the earlier generations than I would you know, continuing to build out the Pokédex with new Pokémon and certainly snap photos of Pokémon from Sun and Moon when I really only have nostalgia for the Pidgeys and Rattatas of the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, I never played the original, so this is kind of my first experience. And I, you wanted me to play it more so, so I could actually have some credibility of having touched the game before I shit on it. Mm-hmm. I knew I wouldn't enjoy the game just because it seems really dull. And there's no way I would want to fill out a Pokedeck, which I can't believe I said that. But yeah, like filling out a Pokedeck in there taking pictures of Pokemon is just
1: it doesn't appeal to me.
0: It's it's very slow and I went through a level and I feel like I can check the box on Pokemon Snap.
1: And with that being said though, I'm I'm not sure, at least in this instance, I didn't like it either, but I wasn't also the the biggest fan of the original. I think that's less a testament to the game's quality and more you just not enjoying the gameplay. It's a genre thing. The gameplay loop of Pokemon Snap. And you probably, even if it was only the original 121 in the N64 version, you probably wouldn't have enjoyed that either. No, I I wouldn't
0: have. Like, yeah, yeah, even if it was probably the first three generations.
1: I think that clarification is somewhat important.
0: So it's just not my thing. Like, scary games are not my thing. I wouldn't play Resident Evil Village and enjoy it. Um, So, yeah, it's just, it doesn't click with me. Yeah. I'll be terrified with you, but that's about it. Um, So we moved to, I think you took like maybe five minutes and said, hey, Mario Party, you should download Mario Party. And we ended up getting Mario Party and played the combination of that and then the side scrolling 2D Mario game.
1: Yeah. Was it Mario Deluxe? New Super Mario Brothers Deluxe U times four ext- extended director's cut edition. The, yeah.
0: I, I do. I mean, we suck at 2D Mario. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of jank when it comes to two people playing, like, co op in those games because it's a lot of me. Like accidentally jumping on your head
1: and like sending you to your death yeah.
0: repeatedly,
1: um, but it was a lot of fun. So much fun. Yeah. No, yeah. I, I love. I played the um, the new Super Mario Brothers. I think it was just called New Super Mario Brothers. Wii on the Wii, and then I played the second one on 3DS, and then I think the one that we were playing was basically an enhanced version of the Wii U game. Okay. And. those games are so much fun i think they're okay single player they're definitely a lot more fun and chaotic when you're playing with a friend
0: yeah i mean our death count i think we game overed once but it was a like yeah just lost lots of us dying like we did way better when we're like hey stay dead for a while let me finish this level Mm -hmm. we were most productive then but it was a lot of fun yeah um and then mario party i i think my only experience with mario party was playing it God, like three New Years ago mm-hmm. for the N sixty four version, yeah, with you. Um, so I don't. Is this your first time playing the Wii version? Because I think Switch you played mean? like the Switch version. Um, no, so you played it like once or twice, is what you are
1: saying. Yeah, right? Lauren and I have played it a couple of times together. And and again, I don't. I don't know what it is when it comes to Mario Party, but like, I, I just feel like the N sixty four trilogy, one through three, particularly two. Is always going to have a soft spot in my heart as being the best the series has ever gotten. Um, I played six on GameCube, I played seven on GameCube, I played eight on the Wii, and those were fine, those were fun. But I I don't know if it's the quality of the minigames, the fact that they've kind of changed the structure of the game where now you need 10 coins instead of 20 coins to get stars. I don't know what about the Mario Party formula that just doesn't appeal to me with these newer versions, but there's just something missing. And maybe it's kind of similar with Mario Golf, where it's just like the element of the single player challenge mode that's not there anymore, where it feels half baked to a certain degree. I can't quite put my finger on it, but it just doesn't, for me, reach the level, the fun factor that those earlier games had. So any Mario Party stands out there, let me know what about this new formula just isn't doing it for me. Or maybe it is for some people that I'm just missing that thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know.
0: Yeah, and then we also had the ability to play Mario Kart, but we never ended up doing that.
1: Yeah, I mean, all of that to say, we had a heck of a fun time playing Mario Party.
0: Yeah, no, all the Mario stuff we played was a ton of fun.
1: Yeah, for sure. Except for golf. Yeah.
0: Yeah, so, okay, so then, let's see, do we want to talk about night number two at Bob's? Oh, when we met Mario and Luigi? Yes, Mario, Luigi, I mean... We, we played all the Mario games. We might as well meet them in real life, right? That
1: was so strange. So Ryan and I went to Bob's that night with the purpose of wanting to shoot some pool. So we get our drinks. We're hanging out in the back of the bar. We're playing some pool. We play a couple games. I beat you two games straight, I think. And then I said, let's play we, we, two games out of three.
0: Yeah, it was best three out of five. Because we had it was a dollar each round. And we had five bucks worth of coins. So we're like, all right, I got tramped. Tramped? Trampled. Trampled. (laughs) I'm tramped now. I got trampled two games in a row, and then it was like, all
1: right, let's see who wins this. Yeah, so at some point when we're shooting pool, this big biker guy comes up to us, and he's like, hey, you guys (laughs) want to play doubles?
0: I think it was like midway through. It was like game five. So we're like on our way out of like, we've pooled, we've done our pool thing. We're going to go back and like chill. And like, yeah, he was... Like a stereotypical like Italian dude, yeah. like low smoked for like ninety six years, like he came out of the womb with a cigar kind of yeah. thing. He's like, "Hey, you want a doubles?" And we're like, ha. Ah, I, I think we're like heading out." But he's like, "Can you watch the table? We're gonna go smoke." And we're like, "I knew you were gonna go smoke, so don't worry."
1: He's yeah, and then he goes like, "Oh, what's your name?" You know, when we like introduce ourselves, like, "Oh." there my name's mario and i was like, were like oh my god i literally responded without skipping a beat i'm like where the hell's luigi at and he, thankfully he laughed and didn't you know stick me He's with like, a, a that's,
0: yeah are you racist we're not all named wario and waluigi
1: um but, but yeah he yeah. was a good guy i, I don't want to get into we met two other guys there their names were Chase and surprisingly rusty, rusty and rusty had my birthday had your birthday which was pretty interesting we got into some you know conversations about the vaccine and republicans versus democrats we're not going to it was a ton of fun it was it was interesting to discuss because i definitely never shy away from those conversations as long as i can have them civilly without things getting elevated to a point where people pull out knives and people are raising their voices and it gets too intense we don't really venture into that territory here in the podcast we're not going to However, it was interesting to have that conversation civilly with someone else in Colorado that we had never met before. And at the end of the conversation, we kind of walked away, shook hands. It was all good. Had a couple of beers. It was a good time.
0: Yeah, it was a ton of fun. Yeah, they're they're really cool. They were playing on the pool table next to us, um, and I think it was Rusty who pulled out a crazy win. Was it Rusty or Chase? Oh, I think Rusty. I think it was, was Chase. Was he? Yeah, because. Yeah, at that time, like an older guy had come and stood next to us and you looked over, you're like, That guy looks familiar. And you circled around and you're like, Hey, are you Bob? No, of I, a I famed didn't fame
1: Bob. I didn't even know. I, I just walked around um because I think I had heard someone else say that's Bob and that's when I went around and introduced myself because I was like when I was here with my dad, it was my favorite place. When Laura yeah. and I are here, we were there every night. And so that's when I went over and introduced myself and just said, Hey, like when I've been here three times now I'm here with my brother-in-law I just want you to know that this is my favorite spot in town whenever I come out here it's the first place I want to go to before I leave it's the last place I stop at just want to say I love this place love what you've done with the bar the the atmosphere the people that are here the bartenders the food everything about it's great and he just said you know thank you I I, I really appreciate you saying that and then he was kind of like instructing us like he was some wise wizard in the game of pool talking about you know it's it's a slow game. It's not about power. It's about it's about you know hitting the ball kind of lightly because once you understand the geometry of the game, you're going to be great. But if you just try and use your sheer power and brunt force to hit the ball as hard as you can, and it's been two weeks since we've recorded a Talking <laughs> Brothers episode, I get a call from my dad every single time. Love you, Dad. I'll call you a little bit later.
0: Yeah, It it was funny when he picked up the pool stick and he's like, ah, a weapon of a more civilized age. (laughs) You're like, all right, all right. (laughs) No, he, he obviously loved the game. And, I mean, he was talking about, like, he's seen some great pool, but there's apparently, like, south side of Denver, there's, like, a little, I think it was, like, a group of, like, Korean pool players that are, like, They come in to Bob sometime when he is not, wasn't retired, but they could like bank it off of like four sides and like still. Yeah. Yeah. Clear the table. But yeah, it was cool to see him in there.
1: Yeah. It was nice to talk to him. Um, We snapped a photograph of him, which was awesome. He was perfectly willing and able, cause I asked him, I was like, do you mind if we take a picture with you? You're like my favorite person now. And, (laughs) uh. So he took a picture with us, which was great. Just a really nice down-to-earth guy. Has a house off the coast of Mexico. He showed us some pictures. Ridiculous. He manages the bar and I think one other location that he um, he established that uh, he manages from basically poolside on the coast of Mexico. He spends most of his time there, but then occasionally he'll come back to the bar, just kind of see how operations are going. And it was so interesting and, and fun and funny because he'd grab a wine glass and just Because he owns the place, (laughs) he would just walk up to the beer taps and just, you know, pour his beer into a wine glass and drink it and sip it out of that. So really cool guy. Great little joint. We went there pretty much every night. Uh, It was just a really fun time. But I think the next day, Ryan, is when we we took a pretty significant hike up the mountain.
0: Yeah. Holy crap. Uh, It's so I mean, we talked about the oxygen. So just for, for perspective, I think Ohio is like 900 feet above sea level. And Avon was like 7,400 or something. So significant. Um, And then from there, we hiked up 1,200 feet up to a waterfall, which was really pretty. And then you decided to trek into no man's land for like another two miles as I sat in the river. Um, But yeah, it's no joke climbing Mm -hmm. up a mountain. Like Oregon Trail people, like I can't imagine making a trek out west.
1: Like on a horse and buggy?
0: Yeah. Or like before there are roads or like
1: civilization, Mm -hmm. like
0: 13 colonies shit. Like, holy
1: crap. Yeah. No, it's interesting. It's no joke. Because you're right. We did make a significant trek up about just over two miles, I would say. And that was kind of a nice stopping point for most families and maybe some older folks that you still got a nice little scenic area of the river, the water kind of coming down the mountainside, great open view between the trees and everything like that. And then I I was like, I've done this hike before. And I remember there being a waterfall and there's there's no waterfall in sight. I was like, right lake, right? Yeah. It, they called it hanging lake. And I was like, you you chill here. I'm gonna kinda like I literally ran up and was like, I'm gonna run up there and see if there's anything more. So I'm literally jogging up the mountain. There's no one around. I get to a point where I'm like completely gassed and I'm like, okay, I can't. Clearly, this trail is going on far longer than I anticipated it to. So I end up continuing to go about two miles beyond where you were. And there was one point where I go into a forested area because most of it was pretty open. There were some areas where you were kind of just surrounded by pines. And I walk into this area of the forest. I can't hear anyone anymore in the distance. I hear no running water. When I just like kind of like held my breath, I didn't hear anything and it was a little eerie like really yeah like are bears watching me are mountain lions watching me yeah so i i continue to walk through the forest and eventually i just see all of these fallen trees everywhere and i pull out the gopro and i recorded like a little 35 second clip kind of like with with commentary of myself walking through like this literally looks like land of the fallen trees If you
0: find my bodies i'm amongst the fallen trees that were like from aliens
1: yeah it was very bizarre very strange certainly a little too eerie for me but thankfully getting through that forested area was worth it because then they call it at least people that have frequented the trail they call it the like open meadows or whatever and it was just this long trek of greenery and plants and on either side just the mountains that were just sky high um it was just a cool moment where you realize how small i don't want to say insignificant in the universe but certainly how small you are in comparison to everything else yeah um so that was a cool moment i kind of took like a video of a 360 view of the meadow and just everything else that was around me and then i got to another very steep hill climb that Ended up, uh, you know, whether you like Imagine Dragons or not, it's fun to kind of play the song on top of the world. Lauren and I did it three years ago and kind of just recording a little clip uh, of the the mountain as you climbed it because it you do quite literally feel like you're on the top of the world when you, you climb something of that stature. So, yeah, it was fun. And then I trekked back and you and I, um, of course, went back to the resort, <laughs> stopped at the Rocky Mountain taco truck.
0: Yeah, I got a rock. I still need to grab that rock from you if you haven't
1: thrown it away yeah <laughs> just before we we were packing up our stuff and i checked a bag because i just i wanted to bring more stuff and we're pat you're packing up your carry-on and your um your personal <laughs> item and you have this big fucking rock that's about as nearly as big as a volleyball i'm like w- what are you doing putting that in a carry-on and he's like well i found a rock on the trail I'm like, that's all fine and well, but you really plan to bring on a rock that weighs 12 pounds on a plane?
0: (laughs) Like a bludgeoning
1: instrument. Yeah. Security is absolutely going to confiscate that.
0: What's up with this? Oh, you know, just, you know, (laughs) I don't even know what I would have said.
1: You clearly don't travel very often. I I didn't think
0: about it. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, I brought scissors onto a plane before and like, what trip was that? I don't know. It was when we were still in college, but like I was moving apartments or something and I brought scissors onto through the TSA and they're like, "Hey, do you have weapons in your bag?" And I was like, "I no, I definitely don't." And they're like, "What's this?" And it's like a 2-inch like bladed scissors and I was like, "You can have those. I clearly am stupid." Yeah. But. Yeah, so I got a rock um from the trail which was cool. Yeah. We we ended up yeah, I don't know if you still have that. We packed that in my underwear, so I need those back as well. But yeah, it's what do we do? So like we after we hiked, we ended up getting tacos. My goal was to try all the tacos except for the like vegetarian one because I need my meat. Um and then I tried like the burrito and there was one other thing, the quesadilla as mm-hmm. well. But the tacos were the best. Yeah. By far.
1: No, absolutely. Yes, the rest of the trip, we didn't really do anything too extravagant, mostly just, you know, went to Bob's, um, lots of gymnastics, walked walked on the, uh, the resort, watched some of the, uh, the Olympics for sure. In the back half of the week was really just about kind of relaxing, hanging out, not doing too much of anything. Like I said earlier, we really didn't have an agenda. We just, wherever the wind took us, that's where we went.
0: Yeah. And then we ended up driving back to the airport in the morning of that second Saturday, and uh, listen to some more good tunes. Mm, mm-hmm. And then we were singing along to a few of
1: those. Do you have a favorite song? I mean, I, I spent, I don't want to know how many hours I spent putting together that playlist, but it ended up being like 202, 203 songs. Did you have any any favorites?
0: What's that one with like funky and like music? Dude. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I, well, I learned because we, wa- we tuned into BlinkStream. Like midway through. Mm-hmm. Um, and he said he was adding tunes to there as well. Um Yeah, there there was a great mix. You got a bunch of oldies in there. Um Yeah, just a mix of everything. Um Backstreet Boys, we were singing to that one.
1: Yeah, Blink. he um he definitely had some suggestions, many of which ended up making their way into the playlist. There was some yellow card, bowling for soup, boys like girls, angels and airwaves. A lot of that kind of like early two thousands hard rock, some screamo type stuff, and um, but then yeah, I really wanted it to be kind of a comprehensive across the board, a lot of genres represented, a lot of kind of eras, er- eras of music um, present because. I wouldn't say you're the most cultured person as it relates to music, so I wanted to make sure that there was some nostalgic tunes in there, like some early Fallout Boy. I uh, everything we've listened to, I
0: definitely have heard and enjoy listening to. My fallback is generally like early two thousands, like Fallout Boy, All American Rejects, Mm. um, or I'm going like Queen, ACDC, like it. There's yeah. I don't know. I don't really listen to a bunch of more recent stuff. Yeah. um, But it's more kind of those two eras.
1: Good stuff. Well, hopefully you enjoyed it. And uh, again, I posted the playlist out there in Discord. If you're in the
0: announcement section because I was listening to that this week. Yeah. uh, While working out.
1: And if you're not in the Discord, you absolutely should be. Click that little link in the show notes. Uh, Or if you just don't want to join the Discord, reach out to me on Twitter. You can find me pretty much anywhere. If you want the playlist... Let me know. I'll shoot you a DM. I'll link it to you. I created it in Spotify. I thought about recreating it also in YouTube for people that, you know, use YouTube uh, for music as opposed to Spotify, but there was no way I was going to find 204 whatever it is YouTube (laughs) videos and create that playlist again because it was already. Yeah, it's really time consuming. You know, 20. Or so hours I spent kind of putting together, which was an absolute blast because I also discovered a lot of music for myself, which is always a fun thing to do. But all in all, no regrets. Had a good time.
0: Yes, it was a lot of fun.
1: Awesome. Well, until next Otaku Brothers Bro Trip, I know Lauren and I are going to probably head out there next year. We will see. But always a fun trip. If you're looking to visit Colorado, course denver is always a nice touristy spot a lot of fun things to do but if you're looking to kind of get out in the mountains get away from um the main city definitely consider checking out avon a lot of fun things to do but i
0: guess one last thing um because we've talked about it before is originally the game plan was to go to avon and then go to denver midway through the week yeah and i think it was maybe day two or three um we decided that it would be more chill, and we have start enjoying or enjoy it more. Um, not to rush to Denver, mm-hmm. but to just stay in Avon. So we didn't end up seeing Radkey. You would not. just see them uh, on your Foo Fighters concert. But mm-hmm. yeah, it, Avon was great.
1: Yeah, it's a bummer that we didn't get to see him because I ended up looking at their set list. They ended up playing I think 18 songs uh, at the Denver show, so that's definitely a big bummer. However, Lauren and I already have tickets to see them again here in a few months, so uh, anytime they come to a neighboring city, state, whatever it is, I will definitely travel to see that band because they are the next big rock band, in my opinion, and if you have not listened to Radke yet, you definitely should check him out. They toured with the Foo Fighters for 10 shows, and then they're actually going to play uh, in LA with them at the, the Forum. The Foo Fighters welcome them back again To play that show. They weren't even, I think, expecting to have an opening band, but Dave and the team loved them so much that they wanted for them to open up at the forum. And it's funny because D, the lead singer and guitarist on their last night in Albuquerque, New Mexico, D, I guess, had asked him on tour, like, do you mind or would you be willing to play one of your earlier Foos songs and I could come out and sing and play lead guitar? And Dave was just like, absolutely. So. Um, if you're familiar with early Foo Fighters off their first record, there's a song that that's called I'll Stick Around. Definitely sounds like a Nirvana tune, uh, as does most of the earlier Foo's stuff. But they ended up closing out the show, I think, um, with I'll Stick Around with Radkey, And uh, it was just a really cool thing to see these three brothers just jamming with one of the bands that they always looked up to.
0: Yeah, so. no, it was a lot of cool. We ended up watching some recap of some of the concerts and playing out there and yeah looks like they had a lot of fun
1: absolutely well with all that said hopefully you enjoyed listening to ryan and i kind of recount our experience out in colorado uh, if you have any questions let us know in the discord for sure uh but yeah hopefully it was entertaining for all of you probably not as ent- entertaining as it was for us to actually be out there experiencing yeah. it but the last thing I will say about that is adventure is out there, my friends, wherever you consider adventure to be or whatever it looks like to you. Don't wait for it to come to you. All right. Go out there and get it. Get after it. It's always worth it. So yeah, leave
0: your shire. Yeah. And adventure to yeah, Mount Doom.
1: Exactly. But Ryan, as we always do on the Otaki Brothers podcast, we talk about the games that we've been playing, maybe the movies or TV shows that we've been watching. What's been going down for you the past week?
0: Yeah. So last night I watched the Pokemon movie again uh that's the newer one with ryan reynolds uh it's a good time detective pikachu yeah it's it's just nice to see pokemon in like high definition and then wandering around a city with humans Mm -hmm. it's cool to see it yeah because that doesn't translate well to games but yeah I, i i really like how well done that movie is um as far as games or we watched um why do I keep saying The Outsiders? It's not The Outsiders. The Outer Banks. Yeah, we watch The Outer Banks. I'm through season one, um, and then I'm two seasons through, or two episodes through the second season. Um, so probably when I go home this afternoon as I hop on my work computer, I'll probably be trying to finish out that second season. Cool. Um and then I'm also watching, I think I mentioned it last time, Hunter x Hunter. Mm-hmm. So I made it through the first four seasons. Okay. Um, okay. The they're, they're shorter seasons, I think they're like 10 to 15 episodes per season at, through the first four. And then season five is like 67 episodes. Wow. So this one's <coughs> the long one. And then I think the last season is short. Um, so I'm enjoying that one. Good characters, good development. Season 5 takes a completely different turn than the first four, um, and it's also super long, so it's I'm slowing down on that one. And then, as far as games go, let's see, what was what have I been playing? So, on the trip, for most of the plane rides, and then like the two hours before you got up, and each morning I'd be playing Animal Crossing. Mm. So, what I had done previously, I maxed out my house to where I'm happy with it don't need to touch my house ever again inside of it. Now it's just the momentous task of finishing out my island. Mm. And you hadn't done that in the prior
1: 300 <laughs> hours you'd played it? <laughs> when you put it like that.
0: No, I, I hadn't. I, It's hard to pull the trigger on that amount of space. Mm. It, it's just a daunting task. Um, I had done kind of the entry area, which is like so... My theme for my island is Jurassic Park and you can get fossils for the museum is the intention. But my thing was, I want to make it so that it's all about just dinosaurs attacking this island and like a theme park. So I had zero idea until I kind of just committed to doing it on the trip or in the like airport and everything that I'm just going to wing it. What happens happens um, and see how far I can get, and then once I finish out my island, I can put Animal Crossing down and say, "I'm I'm done with this game."
1: I'm gonna hold you to that. So in six months from now, when you get the itch again,
0: <laughs> no, I the th- I was thinking about it on the trip. One of those mornings was basically like, I I wouldn't have the urge to start a new island um, for like a blank slate of redesigning an island, and it would be so much like a pain in the ass to redesign my own. Cause you'd have to wipe the slate and do all that. Once, basically once I get done with that Island, I'll be done. I, I, I won't have the urge to redo it cause I'll do it right the first time. And right now I think I'm like two thirds the way through my Island. Mm. Um, so I made a lot of progress. I basically just have to do kind of my residence kind of neighborhood right now. I have, the museum where I want it. I have the market district with everything where I want it. It's basically just the housing, my house, and like a campsite. And that's it. So I made a lot of progress there. I'm happy with everything I've put in. There's little nooks and crannies, um, pun intended, for little outcoves. Because a lot of the islands or the designs that I like were The ones where you can, like, meander through cliffs and stuff to find, like, a little alcove, And I was able to produce that on one side of my island, so I'm happy. Cool. Um, Then Animal Crossing, I've also been playing Ori. Mm. That's the one. That was one of my goals for this year was to start that one and at least complete one of them. And last time, I think, I don't know if I said that I beat the first dungeon. um, The, like, tree... But I move going into the trip. I was stuck on the second dungeons dungeons kind of run. That um, like each dungeon has like a little running segment out of the dungeon, and I was stuck on that one. So I beat that midway through the trip, and then I ended the trip. I think in the final dungeon, and I just I wasn't good enough. Mm-hmm. So I ended up beating my way through. The entire entire final dungeon last night and i think i'm on the final kind of run okay right cool to complete the game
1: good for you are you so. excited are you gonna go right into orion the will of the wisps or are you gonna kind of hold off till next year for that one
0: um i'll probably because you gave me ghost mm-hmm. um i ordered ghost director's cut and then you went out to walmart so i canceled mine so i'll probably end up playing ghost next um but yeah, Ori's great. I'm I'm loving my time with it. It's difficult from a slider from like Mario to Celeste. It's closer to Celeste mm-hmm. in difficulty, but it's a bit more forgiving. The character is great of Ori, just a little ghostly Fennec Fox. Um, and then all the kind of Metroidvania upgrades of like Double Jump and like Dash and stuff are really cool. Nice. Uh, very, it... it the pacing is really good. The mechanics are really smooth. I've, The music's fucking fantastic. Yeah, it is. It's, I've enjoyed my time with it. For good.
1: Sure. That's good to hear. So,
0: yeah, that's all I've really been playing. Um, probably moving into, our goal is to beat that run today and then probably move into
1: Ghost this week. Nice. So, what about you? Good stuff. Well, I have been on a crazy movie kick. So coming back from Colorado, I downloaded a few movies on Lauren's iPad to watch on the flight's back. I won't go into like those specific movies. I'm just going to kind of list everything I've watched in the past week because I also have been really wanting to knock off the movies and kind of my pile of shame. Like, you know, the movies that are considered cult classics that I just haven't ever watched. So in the past week, I've watched Defiance, which is a movie starring Daniel Craig. It's kind of set in World War II. It was a group of Jewish people that were able to avoid Nazi Germany from from taking them or killing them. Mm -hmm. And it's based on a true story that's absolutely fascinating. So if you've never seen Defiance or heard of the story of this group of people that was able to avoid the Nazis and run away from them, basically, and live out in the forest... It's a really interesting movie. I think it's it's well acted, it's well portrayed, really interesting and it's on Netflix right now so check that out. I also watched a movie called Outlaw King which is a Netflix original starring Chris Pine and if you've ever seen the movie Braveheart it actually takes place right after that. The events of that oh cool so um sir something wallace i don't william wallace william wallace thank you it's after he's basically been executed and this scottish heir to the throne not so much king but ends up becoming king kind of rises to the ranks ends up fighting the english and it's kind of the story of him rising to power cool um so that was a really great film and then after i was i got home I was like, all right, let's just go crazy and watch a bunch of movies that I've never seen before. So I ended up watching The Last of the Mohicans, which is um, the music in that film is phenomenal. I watched that, which was really good. I ended up watching Pulp Fiction for the first time. Because
0: we started there. It was on TV during the trip.
1: Yeah, which I'm glad nothing really got spoiled. It was just kind of the scene where they were dancing. And so I actually got context to that. And I watched that beginning to end, which... I feel like that's a film you need to watch like three to six times to really see and understand everything that Tarantino puts into it because Mm -hmm. um, all of his movies are meant to be based kind of in the same universe. He also has a lot of reoccurring themes, almost similar to Stephen King and the sense of like ways he portrays characters, things that happen, things that are said. So that was really interesting. I don't want to go into detail of any of these movies in particular because I feel like some of them would be great films for us to return to our otaki brothers re- review segment yeah so i won't really go into any more other than i enjoyed it but i feel like repeat viewings are required yeah I agree. um i also watched scorsese's goodfellas okay with ray liotta joe pesci and robert de niro that's a movie that um you know having uh, an italian descent or, or being italian i i feel like Certain shame, certainly uh, shameful that I haven't watched that. That also lived up to expectations. Really good. A lot of funny parts also based on true events, uh, based on Henry Hill, portrayed by Ray Liotta. Um, Really interesting film. Uh, Just a great gangster movie. If you're into that kind of stuff, well worth watching. And then I also watched a movie that you and I have mentioned you've wanted me to watch for a long time. I ended up watching Snowpiercer. Oh, how'd you like that one? really good it's so
0: good yeah Yeah. it's such
1: a crazy story such an interesting concept well acted by chris evans and every all the supporting roles uh the director um his name escapes me but the person who directed parasite which won best picture in 2019 wow there's so much to unpack so much to discuss i don't want to get into it now because that is absolutely a movie that warrants us doing a review on because I think there's a lot of parallels to even current day society and just the structure of different classes and things like that. Um, did you watch a synopsis of how
0: it's a like a fan theory of it being a continuation of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate
1: Factory? I did not, no. I think you've mentioned that before, though.
0: I have. My minimum requirement was you watching it, so you checked the big box. Cool. But- yeah, it, there's some interesting theories about how a lot of like the symbolism and like, so Charlie is actually the head of that train mm. that they're on, and okay. there's like there's the W. I, yeah, it, watch that. It, it's it's really interesting. It makes you look at it a little bit different.
1: Okay, no, yeah, I mean and th- with that being said though, it's it'd be interesting to discuss it in greater detail to kind of tie that to and perform our own analysis on whether or not that actually makes sense. So, yeah. um if you've not watched Snowpiercer, it's currently on Netflix. Really interesting film, high level uh premise is that the world has quite literally frozen over and there's this plane, there's this plane, there's this train that basically travels across the entirety of the world every once a year. So, once a year it makes its rotation across the globe and the carts are basically separated into different classes the very back of the train is kind of meant to be the scum of the earth if you will they're fed like these little protein blocks like once a day treated horribly and then the very front of the train is meant to be like the high class people that live the finest of lives so or the finest life so really interesting if that sounds uh, of interest to you I would check it out it's Just a fascinating movie. Yeah, no, it's great. So um, I'm trying to think of anything else I watched. I'm sure I did, but those are probably the main highlights. I've also gone back to watching a little bit of Survivor because um, I might be um, guesting on a show soon to kind of talk about the lead into the next season of Survivor and talk about uh, just my love of the show in general. So stay tuned for that, certainly. But... Yeah, lot of good movies. Hopefully, some stuff we can talk about in greater detail in the future on yeah, the show.
0: Snowpiercer, like it's a similar premise. I started a new book um, because, and it's similar to kind mm-hmm. of Snowpiercer, but um, Lord of the, the Fellowship, the actual book, there's so much singing involved, like mm-hmm. way more than I expected.
1: Oh yeah, because uh, I mean, Tolkien is kind of a poet, and whenever those If you actually read the physical copy of the book, it, it breaks up the normal paragraph structure and you actually see as if it's, it's poetry, you know, Bilbo or Marion Pippin or whoever is singing a song in a pub or just wherever. Yeah.
0: Like going down the trails and Mm -hmm. yeah, there's lots of singing. So I'm like, I'm off and on listening to that one, Cool, but I started a similar to like Snowpiercer being kind of a dystopian future. I started in 1984.
1: Oh, George Orwell. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah. Which is a dystopian future, like Big Brother. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the term comes from. But it's fascinating. I'm yeah. like six chapters into that one. Um, it's free on Audible. Nice. So. Yeah.
1: Brave New World by um Ardu- artist Huxley, I think is his name. That was another interesting one I read uh, in high school. That's kind of a similar dystopian future type stuff. So yeah. love those types of books. And it's odd. It's odd and kind of freaky how you know books that were written you know however many years ago. There's striking similarities to where things are at today, but anyways, we won't go into that. What we will talk about is a little game called Gigantosaurus, the game, uh, coming back from Colorado. I kind of needs needed something a little bit more chill. I wanted to kind of play in my kind of go-to thing is a random 3d platformer. I still have final fantasy seven remake unfinished. That's certainly something that I'm still going to play to completion here in the next month or so, but couple other games uh, got in the way of that. And this is a game that, you know, I, I mentioned Mr. Pete Dorr, uh, great Twitch streamer, old school YouTuber that I've been following for the better part of a decade at this point. Um, you know, his knowledge of 3D platformers on current generation consoles is pretty extensive. This is one I remember him mentioning and one that I was able to grab on a sale many moons ago. And I didn't really know much about it, I certainly didn't know that it's actually based on a cartoon that I think might be exclusive to Netflix, and it's kind of like a very um, kiddie, family-friendly Land Before Time, but in a different animation style. So aesthetically, this game looks very much uh, like the recent SpongeBob Battle for Bikini Bottom remake. So super high contrast, vibrant colors. You play as one of four of these little dinosaurs. The unique thing about it is that you can actually play through the entirety of the game co-op with four people. Oh, So similar to the Lego games, it's kind of a spawn in, spawn out type of structure. Um, the soundtrack reminds me a lot of the earlier PS1 and 64 era. The first world or level was really giving me kind of Klonoa vibes. Okay. Uh, Door to Phantom Isle on the PS One, nothing to the degree of that. When I make these comparisons, I'm really kind of just trying to give people a frame of reference for what the game plays or sounds like, not trying to say that it's to the level of quality of anything like the games I'm mentioning. Because I definitely have some problems with this, but like games like Poi, Skyler, and Plux, even Ukulele and New Super Lucky's Tale, I'm able to look past those shortcomings so easily, just because. I just like 3D platformers. Yeah. And so um, Lauren actually made a comment because I was playing up here in the game room and the the volume was coming out of my my second monitor here and she came up and was like, it sounds like an ice cream truck is camped out in her house, you know? <laughs> so whether that's to the quality of Klonoa's music or Gigantosaurus, the game, I don't know, but definitely has some pleasant tunes to... Um, that are playing in the background as you're kind of running around these levels and collecting a variety of things you know i would compare it probably most in play style and certainly its controls to something like jack and daxter um the first one precursor legacy however one of my biggest frustrations with the game is that you actually can't move the camera Mm -hmm. so when you if you've played a 3D platformer, you know that you can typically use, at least with current generation games, the analog stick to move left or right. Yeah. So as you're walking around the map, you know, you want to move the, the analog stick to see something off in the distance.
0: So does it does the camera point just behind you? And if you your character turns a specific
1: direction, the camera turns, it'll kind of auto refocus. Uh, okay. But if you're like me and you want to collect everything on the map and 100 percent it, Granted, there is a map where it shows you where all the items are at, but the map only does so much justice to where you are in proximity to those items. So it can be a real annoyance, especially later in the game where the first level, it didn't really annoy me because it's like playing through Mumbo Mountain. It's pretty easy to find all the jiggies, all the jinjos and all the musical notes. But when you get into something like the rusty bucket towards the end of the game, It's a little more challenging to figure out where these things are uh, without being able to move the camera around and see, oh, off in the distance on that little platform. That's where the last Jinjo is or that's where the last egg is when you're talking about this game. So minor frustration. I think I played through the entirety of the game and got the platinum trophy in about five to six hours. Uh, It didn't really require a guide or anything Most of the items that you're looking to collect are pretty self-explanatory. They're on the map. Some of it you have to kind of run around a little bit, but you can play through the entirety of the game in one sitting. No backtracking unless it's to revisit an older level to find a collectible you may have missed on the first run. But this also, as I've said many times before when I talk about these kind of off-the-grid platformers, it's not something I would recommend to most people. If you have kids that are familiar with the cartoon... It's a fun game to maybe pop in and play some co-op with them. If you've exhausted your options and have played everything there is to explore in the 3D platforming realm for current generation consoles, check it out. But if you haven't played something like Ratchet and Clank, like Little Big Planet, um, you know, even Ukulele and New Sup- Super Lucky's Tale, steer clear of this. This is not something for you. Yeah. Um, but again, if you've played all those and you're hungry for more... Try and find it on sale. I wouldn't pay more than, you know, 10 bucks for this because you're only going to get five to six hours of enjoyment out of it. So
0: the screenshot you showed me had like first place, second place, third place, which led me to believe it was like a racing game. Mm-hmm. How do you get places in like a platform or collect
1: Yeah, no, I'm glad you mentioned that. So once you've... There's 10 eggs in every level, okay. and eggs are the equivalent of Stars in Mario or Jiggies in Banjo-Kazooie. Okay. And so once you've collected four of the 10 in every level, you unlock the next level. Mm. But in order to get to that next area, you actually have to hop in a little kart racer and race three of the other little dinosaurs that you can play as to get to that next level okay and so that introduces kind of this diddy kong racing element to the game where just a quick little track it's not um there's just three laps to every track and you have to collect these five little dinosaur heads um that act as like
0: (laughs) your beheaded relatives
1: (laughs) these little these little skulls that are kind of scattered across the map um and so once you finish that race then you're introduced to the next level
0: oh okay that makes more sense that's cool
1: Um, so yeah, I mean, if it, I think that does distinguish itself enough to make it a little bit more unique, Mm -hmm. the cart racing, isn't anything to write home about it's, it's entertaining. It's a fun way to, instead of, you know, just transporting you to the next world, you at least get to race to get there. Yeah. So cool. So yeah, that was fun. Definitely a nice little break in the other, you know, big open world story driven type games that I'm used to playing on a regular basis. And the next game, uh, my 2020 game of the year, (laughs) Ghost of Tsushima, Sucker Punch recently announced the Director's Cut, which not only included kind of a refresh, remaster, if you will, uh, I would say enhancing the base game from the PS4 to the PS5, it did that and also included a expansion for the Iki Island, which is an entirely new island. Uh, Of course, if you've played the base game, you'll know that there are three islands, so this one is kind of off the coast of that I'll, I'll, I'm i not going to do any spoilers. am just going to talk very lightly about the game because I know many people out there haven't even touched the first Ghost of Tsushima or the base game. But really, this um, forces you to play kind of one little, you know, 10-minute quest um, on the the first three islands. And then that's kind of an excuse to take a boat to this new island.
0: So beating the first game or the base game isn't required.
1: I don't know. Because okay. what I ended up doing, I had full intentions of replaying the entirety of the game to unlock the trophies beginning to end. But the more I thought about that, it took me 85 hours to to do everything in the first game. Mm-hmm. I have way too many games on my shelf to spend 85 hours to get to the DLC. Um, and in my mind, even if you could access the DLC without beating the base game, I wanted to beat the game to do that. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So what I ended up doing is I imported my save from the PS4, it unlocked all the trophies again, so I got another Platinum, Nice. which I didn't do with Spidey Remastered. Spidey Remastered, I actually played through the entirety of the game again and got the Platinum Trophy fair and square, but with Ghost of Tsushima, knowing the games that are on the near horizon here these next few months, I didn't want a game that I've already played before and played the hell out of to get in the way of playing something like Canaan Bridge of Spirits or even with... Um, Death Stranding's kind of remastered thing, coming out here in, in a couple weeks. Yeah. I didn't want it to stop me from getting to something like that.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Oh, I mean, I think for me, Ghost is gonna be like when I don't f- know what I want to play. I'll probably pick up Ghost and mm-hmm. play through it again because yeah. I never got the Platinum originally because I don't really care about Platinum. I collected a lot of stuff. It's just I have to do all the side quests. There's like, a lot to do to get the Platinum.
1: Um. But yeah, so Iki Island is, I think, definitely refreshing. It doesn't just feel like a copy paste exercise of what the base game is. You know, if you're familiar with the the base game, um, there were these little things called fox dens where you would find a fox on the map. He would take you to a little shrine. You'd say a little prayer and you'd kind of unlock that shrine the Iki Island is similar, but there's three different groups of animals as opposed to just a fox den. And instead of following it to just a little shrine and calling it good, you actually get transported back in time a bit and relive a memory of childhood Jin, okay. Which is really cool because not only do you get to experience um, a new animal on the island in terms of just like being a friend to them. There's also a little flute mini game that requires the DualSense controller. There's some um, kind of motion control stuff to control the flute. And then once you successfully complete that song, then it takes you back in time. You relive this memory. And ultimately, if I can explain Iki Island um, without giving any spoilers, it's really just meant to give you a better idea of Jin's past. And kind of what brought him forward and his motivations for what happens in Ghost Tsushima.
0: That's cool.
1: And I think it does that really well. If you just beeline the story, it takes you about three, three and a half hours to complete. There's eight missions, one epilogue mission. And then in addition to that, now what I'm doing after I've completed those eight missions is that um, there's all of the the mythic tales, a bunch of other side quests, new collectibles. So if I had to guess, if you take your time doing the main story quest for these, all of the side missions and getting all the collectibles, you probably have about 12 to 15-ish hours of stuff to do okay
0: that's that's a good chunk yeah um so that outfit for the bloodborne and then the god of war is that given to you or do you have to play that side the side stuff
1: i'm not sure my buddy uh was texting me a number of different outfits so from bloodborne um i think shadow of the colossus with the last guardian there's a kratos outfit there's all kinds of different armor sets i'm not sure if those are organically unlocked by doing the side quests or if they're accessed at the main menu, I'm not sure how that works. Okay. Yeah. Cause I want so. to go through as a crow. Yeah. The yeah. bloodborne dude. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah, that's it. So I think, you know, looking forward, I'm going to spending, be spending the next week kind of going through all the Iki Island stuff, probably return to final fantasy seven remake oh, yeah. and finishing that. And by the time I wrap that up, maybe the death stranding director's cut will be out or maybe Cana bridges spirits will be out, but Definitely lots of fun games to play and I'm certainly looking forward to having impressions of some of the co-op games that Lauren and I are going to be playing. But with that said, Ryan, that's a pretty meaty episode. I didn't think we'd go on this long. I never think we're going to go on as long as we do, but <laughs> yeah,
0: I was say, that's a trend. <laughs> we always
1: find a way to be knocking on two hours door. So just a couple things to remember, Ryan and I are moving to a every other week recording um, structure. So Every two weeks, Ryan and I will be back in your podcast queues, hopefully with more fun stories than what we would typically have week to week. But that doesn't mean you can't join the Discord and get in on the fun discussions we're having every day. So pop in the Discord, click that little link in the show notes. One thing I do want to gauge interest on that I will probably post either later tonight or Monday is I would love to start a Netaku Brothers fantasy football kind of team slash draft so if we're going to do that we need to be doing it and get it ready here within the next week and a half or so because football season is quickly approaching i can't wait but even if you are not a fan of football it's fun to kind of set your lineup the fantasy draft is always a good time and it's just fun to have some heckling back and forth with the people your opponents week to week and so that sports section of the otaku brothers discord should be Pretty loud and have a lot of fun banter back and forth. So stay tuned for that if that's something you have of interest or it's of interest to you. And Ryan and I, in the months to come, will certainly be figuring out what makes the most sense in terms of future game nights with the community. So stay tuned for that fun stuff as well. But if you want to show your appreciation for the show, you can absolutely do that by either sending us an email at at otakubrotherspodcastgmail.com. If you have questions for us, suggestions for the show or you just want to send something nice to us we'd very much appreciate it or you can go over to the old apple itunes apple podcast leave us a review rate us five stars we'll even read the feedback here live on the show give you a little shout out with that said as we always do at the end of an otaku about the show i toss it over to my co-host and ask him if he has any parting words or fun facts for the good people
0: yeah i have two um one i was looking through like my feed and Someone said Worcestershire sauce. Worcestershire, Worcestershire? No one can pronounce it. You're fine. Yeah. So, like, maybe four or five months ago, I, I was like, what the fuck is this sauce? Like, w- you hear it. It's impossible to pronounce. It's actually fermented anchovies. So, Ew. think of, like, fish pulp. And they just, in giant vats of the. Just think of how bad work must spell for these people. In Ugh. just, like, hazmat suits. But it's just basically, like fermented anchovy guts into a sauce so that that's cool
1: well this is probably the last day anyone's gonna use that sauce.
0: yeah it's i watched a video of like the entire production process and it's disgusting interesting and then another one is that i learned this week was mexico city is like sinking by i think they said like a half a meter a year wow um because like back in the day i knew this part i just didn't know it was sinking that much So they used to pick locations for cities off of stupid things. And the Aztecs decided to pick where their kind of major capital would be based off of an eagle holding a snake on a cactus. Oh. And the leader found it next to this lake on a swamp called Lake Texacoco. And they're like, okay, let's build a city here. And that's cool when you have all these stone buildings but then the Spanish came in and kind of killed everyone mm-hmm. and dismantled the city, but built concrete on, like over these lakes and swamps. Um, so uh, it's hard for them to get water. So what they have to do is drill down underneath the city, basically in these aquifers, and suck out the water. But as they're sucking out the water underneath the city, it's sinking. Oh wow! As the clay basically compresses. So, Very interesting. Yeah, That's scary. It is scary. So I think, I forget the time frame, but it's estimated to like sink another 90 meters, Oof. Well, which is
1: a lot. That's significant. Yeah. Yeah. Well, very interesting facts this week. As always, it's why you get to stay to the end of the show. Ryan brings the interesting facts. We have to fade out the show with good tunes. It's always worth staying till the end. But with that said, we will see everyone in two weeks. Ryan and I are not entirely sure what the topic will be, but I'm sure it'll be something fun to bring. And hopefully it's entertaining to all of you. All right. Take it easy. Stay well. Be healthy and keep playing the great video games. See ya.